This is No Halos Here, hosted by Jen Lang and Jane Stark, the place to inspire a change in your consciousness to elevate the world. We're two heart-centered business owners nourishing our inner rebels while growing our respective businesses. No Halos Here is the result of bringing together an opera singer turned spiritual mentor and a marketing professional turned well-being coach to meditate daily. Together, we unite physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual energies into a powerful presence to lead, heal, and inspire. We love exploring the shadowed edges of life, the universe, and beyond through honest and thought-provoking conversations. Let's dive in. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of No Halos Here with Jen Lang and Jane Stark. Oh, what a topic we have today. Jane and I have just come off a big conversation of a, a different topic, a future podcast topic, but we're not going to talk about that today. No. Um, yeah. And then you'll probably hear in the background my snoring dog, Lola. She's decided to join us today. So <laughs> if we get a little too rowdy, we'll just pause for a minute and you can sink into the sweet tones of the snoring dog, dog. snoring. <laughs> you can turn that into a meditation? Maybe. Maybe I could. Snoring like dog meditation. Snoring dog. <laughs> the latest trending Zen meditation. I'm kind of curious, you know, I have, I have a um, insight one. timer account. Maybe I'll just record my dog See snoring how it one does. Oh, the sounds of home probably would bring comfort to people uh, whose, yeah. whose pets maybe have passed and, you know, might be kind of fun. Well, anyway, but we digress. Okay. Today, we are talking about aspects of forgiveness and self-compassion, but probably not in the ways that you might think initially. Yeah, you... how, did we get, how did we get here? How did we get to this topic? You, I think, we were talking, well, go ahead. Okay, I think we got here because I was I proposed it as a topic because it was something we were talking about earlier this week and mm -hmm. forgiveness as an act of self love, and Jane wasn't really jiving with it. She was like, "Oh, you know," she was like, "I'm kind of, you know, I don't think it's, I don't." She was kind of like, "I feel the resistance." I'm like, "No, no, there's something there," and I was I like, "I can feel my own resistance." Too. Yeah, I was like a dog with a bone. I'm like, "No, we need to talk about this and unpack this in our way," mm -hmm. and so. Then we come around and that's what I get to where I'm like, oh, exactly. this is the piece. And it wasn't so much resistance talking about it, to be honest. I, it was like landing flat for me. I was like, yes. oh, I don't know. Okay. Forgiveness. Practice forgiveness. Great. End of story. Like, well, it's also really talked about a lot in the self-help yes. industry and the personal development industry yeah. and the um, co-opting and um, what I'm trying to say, like the Hapano Hapano practice, which is mm. supposedly... An indigenous Hawaiian practice. So technically speaking, it's cultural appropriation if you talk to indigenous Hawaiians. So it's like, we're not going to go there. We're not going into that today. Yeah. But we want to look at this forgiveness piece and the self-compassion piece, both, um, both together and as separate entities. So I think you started with that with the doctor, who was it? Dr. Uh, Kristen Neff. So Dr. Kristen Neff is a researcher on self-compassion. Uh, I'm not overly familiar with her work, but I have seen, she's got a couple of Ted talks and she's written books. Um, and I believe a number of years ago, I listened to her Ted talks and I've sort of very loosely followed her. I haven't read her books, although I would like to get her mm -hmm. latest one because it ties in a bit too, to our theme uh, for the month of February and our program, our group program that we're gonna launch. Uh, which is fierce serenity and her latest book is called the um, 
fierce self-compassion, I believe. And yes, it, um, and so it was interesting because she talks about, um, oh my goodness. Now I'm going to have to remember what the other there's, she talks about fierce self-compassion and, um, well, she says, what is self-compassion and then what is fierce self-compassion? Yeah. But she talked about them in two different contexts. Anyways, we'll digress on that, but it was interesting, like self-compassion, the sort of gentler self-compassion talking about, um, you know, asking what you need in the moment about giving yourself, it's kind of that nurturing that like, okay, just give yourself a breather. Whereas fierce self-compassion as she defines it, she talks about is more about action taking. So she referred Mm. to even like you get, you know, it might be like you get into the mama bear mode and you, you know, you, you get out there or like, you know, you take action around injustice, you speaking things that's like fierce self-compassion because you're still, you're still, to me, it's like tied into boundaries, which is a form of yes, self-compassion. Um, so we're kind of unpacking the self-compassion and the forgiveness piece. I think the other, the other question that we wanted to unpack that came up here was Jen and I were playing with this idea of, well, self-compassion and forgiveness are not the same thing, but I asked you, so you, you said for, I see self-compassion as a bigger umbrella and forgiveness is one piece aspect. of, or sorry, aspect, thank no you piece, yeah. of self-compassion or of, yeah, of self-compassion. And I agree with that. And then I flipped it to you and said, can we have forgiveness without self-compassion? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, you're like, you're throwing it back to me. I'm like, I don't know if there's an easy answer. <laughs> this is a way to unpack. Yeah. This is maybe something for you, the listener, to reflect on for yourself. Can you have forgiveness without self-compassion? And do you, in other words, do you need to have a self-compassion practice or awareness in place before you can practice forgiveness. I don't know that they're mutually exclusive, but we did get into this aspect of, you know, cause Jane, you mentioned in our pre-talk before we hit record that, uh, you, you need to get to a level of forgiveness. You need to do the work. You need to do like work on yourself. Mm-hmm. And then I started unpacking that further and going, but if you're, forgiveness is genuine at the level that you're at who are we to say who is the observer to say what level of forgiveness is quote-unquote right and if you are forgiving from the level of awareness or self-awareness that you currently have then that is where you're at it's not empty it is simply an expression of the integrity of yourself at that moment in time. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, what it brought up was, again, there are so many of these concepts and terms that are getting thrown around Yeah, in, in the self-help side of things, but I would say even becoming more mainstream. And I guess that's where sometimes I like it, it starts to make it feel trivial or when we don't have the bigger context for things. So one of the things that comes to mind, and I have to sort of try and think on the fly here to how to unpack this, but gratitude practice is another one mm-hmm. for me that kind of feels like a similar, a little bit of a similar energy for me. I'm just talking my own personal experience, but years ago when I was sort of in the earlier stages of my journey 
And I kept, you know, you kept hearing about a gratitude practice and how gratitude was so great and whatever. And to be honest, I was not in a place that I could find yeah. gratitude. And so it actually made me feel worse and it mm-hmm. frustrated me and it felt it. Fe- and maybe it's because I was bypassing, but it felt like bypassing. Like it just, I, it felt forced and I would be like, okay, I'm gonna try this. And the gratitude journal of, you know, a hundred days. And it just like, I just was like, yeah, not connecting to this. I think there's, oh, continue. Well, I was just going to say to fast forward, I, <laughs> oops, sorry. There's big bang. I just talking with my hands and knocking things over. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Okay. So I start doing my digging and peeling away layers and continuing to start to unpack some things for myself. And all of a sudden, like the gratitude thing clicked for me. And it was Mm. like, oh, this is what people are talking about. This is what that feels like. I get it now. doesn't mean I sit down and have a, like, I don't have a gratitude practice per se, like some people do. Um, but I definitely connect to that concept now. I definitely, um, something just clicked for me, but I think it was because I really had to go through that process and I had to get to that place. And I guess all I'm trying to say is for me, the forgiveness piece feels or felt a little bit the same where I think there was a time in my life where I just wasn't at a place to be able to practice self-forgiveness or, um, and it's taking that time and peeling those layers away. Is that yeah, there's definitely, I'm trying to, maybe we can give our audience some real life examples. It doesn't have to be a big thing in the no. sense of, you know, I ate four squares of dark chocolate yesterday and now I feel really terrible about the fact that I said to myself, I wouldn't eat dark chocolate in February and I'm not, I'm not actually saying this, but you know what I mean? It's an example. And then it leads into that spiral of guilt, despair, um, you know, whether it's food related or a choice you've made or something like that. And then it's more, the more down that spiral of guilt and despair you go, the harder it is to find the forgiveness and the compassion that you need to climb out. But maybe it's just that one step. Maybe it's like that, like you said, that gratitude practice of that compassion practice for yourself is like, okay, I felt like I needed the piece of chocolate at that time. And then it was so good. I had a couple more. Mm-hmm. Um, now food examples have their own weight and their own, <laughs> they deserve their own, you mm-hmm. know, episode, but maybe just by practicing that forgiveness piece, I'm like, I forgive myself for that choice and I'm moving on. And as you practice that forgiveness, it doesn't necessarily address some of the underlying feelings. And that is a more therapy-based approach, I would say, would be mm-hmm. the underlying feelings of why you chose the chocolate in the first place and why did you right. spiral yeah. once you, you know, that's, that's, that is a different yeah. conversation. But I think this aspect of practicing something, whether it's gratitude, forgiveness, appreciation, or whatever, self-compassion, this va- there is value in the practice because it does get us to the destination eventually, even if it's not in that, you know, I've practiced gratitude for three days. Why am I not grateful yet? <laughs> type of type of world that we often live in. Mm-hmm. In which case, 
are you bypassing or are you actually going through a practice that's going to get you to a place where you can love yourself more fully and more deeply? Mm -hmm. So how does, so forgiveness as an act of self-love, that was sort of your thought and the topic. Can you expand on that and how you see that? So, I don't know. I've been doing work like this for, I don't know, seven plus years. Maybe I would say even since I started singing, there is an aspect of, you know, the act of learning to sing and going through the practice and learning the pieces and going through a process is definitely a personal development act. And sometimes you know, I wasn't as prepared as I wanted to be for either a performance or a show. And so I had to forgive and accept that my actions led me to that place. And that rather than dwelling on the past or on a, you know, the bad feelings that that produced, I just had to get on with starting the next thing and starting the next thing. So the forgiveness is the act of self-love is I couldn't access an aspect of self-love and at the depth that I now have without first acknowledging the forgiveness that I needed to get there. Mm -hmm. So the forgiveness is a step or a practice to deepen the self-love. So what was, I'm curious to like unpack this even a little bit more in terms Mm -hmm. of the forgiveness piece and like and I don't know if there's an answer to this, but just trying to understand, like, how did you, how did you know, or how did you, and maybe this was just your, your makeup, but like that, okay, I have to, I have to take the next step. I have to let that go and move on versus going down or getting stuck in that place of self-deprecation or self, Mm. like beating yourself up. Like, how do you find that, that balance for things? That's a, Great question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. Um, <laughs> well, here you go. And maybe on a I haven't reflected on it. So here, um, real time, real life. I would say, let me start more recently. So okay. over the past year and a bit, I've been working through a course in miracles, and with a group of people, and it's been wonderful. And so last year we did all of the lessons, the daily lessons, and now we're going into the teachings. And so there's a core group of four of us and we meet every week and we go through the teachings and a major aspect of this work is forgiveness. So anybody who's worked with the Course in Miracles know that forgiveness is part of the atonement. And this is not going to be an episode of Course in Miracles. There's a ton of resources out there. Mm -hmm. So I would say over the past 15 months, my ability to move into a space of forgiveness for myself and deepen my self-love has greatly expanded through this work and through these conversations, bringing in our real life experiences and then unpacking them through the lens of forgiveness and self-love. And that the more we focus on the self-love, the easier it is to love everyone else. Mm. Ooh, that's beautiful. And that the more deeply we can love and accept all aspects of self, ooh, I'm getting kind of emotional talking about it because it is so moving the easier it is to see the love and the expansion and the light and the the humanity in everyone, Mm. everyone, whether you agree with their actions at the time or not, 
they may not align with you, but you can still see the humanity of that person and the fact that they were born to a family who hopefully I would say loved them. Mm -hmm. They deserve love. Everyone deserves love. Mm -hmm. Everyone. Mm -hmm. And so this forgiveness as an aspect of self-love is just one aspect of that human journey to deepen the love for ourselves and therefore the love for everyone else. Wow. Awesome I dropped. <laughs> <laughs> and this episode's over. <laughs> okay. So it's interesting because what I, what was coming to my awareness as you were sharing that perspective was this sort of sense of awareness. Like when we start to step out of this self-identification and the me, 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 the I, 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 I feel this yeah. way. I did this. I'm not a good person. And we can start to facilitate a practice that allows for an expansion, I guess, of awareness around that, yeah. that that allows it to come in. And, and that came for me because that I feel like that is also my experience, my journey. I have not, I've not studied A Course of Miracles yet, but when I reflect on what you're saying and the values of that rings so true to me, and I've been unpacking this a little bit uh, in my own life personally in, um, in therapy, <laughs> um, <laughs> just reflecting and looking at, you know, my upbringing. And like you say, somebody like, yeah, uh, you know, I was really fortunate to be raised in a house where yes, there was lots of love, but there was also a lot of respect. I felt like I felt respected as a child, even in my house hold. Wow. And I felt like, um, yeah, that, you know, I had parents who, truly listened and cared about what I thought. And I'm now at this point in my life, having my own children and unpacking this, I've, I share this because it's fairly new for me, the actual realization of how it's impacted me and how, like when you said that everybody deserves love and everybody is, yeah. you know, we're all, we're all human beings that are just trying to do the best that we can. And that's, I've realized such a big value for me because it's something that I'm so fortunate to have been raised with. And so yeah. I look at society generally like that. I am not perfect. I definitely have judgments and things like that as well, but it's been really interesting to start to unpack this more and more and move into a new level of awareness mm -hmm. around that. And mm -hmm. I just love what you said about that when we love ourselves first, then that expands out and we start to have that love and compassion for everyone else as well. Thanks. Yeah. It was, that just was totally in the moment. It just like <laughs> came through. Now it's coming through to all of you listeners and how, you know, maybe we can look at the way we operate in this world. And yeah, like I'm not saying I'm perfect in any way, stretch or form. It's a practice. There are moments, there are things that piss me off and things that, um, I'm going to say like get me riled up, but in a more passionate way rather mm -hmm. than, you know, like, why, why is this, why is this so? I go into that questioning of like, why is this so? But mm -hmm. then sometimes I can def defuse the um, emotional component and take a more measured approach to that why. And why is this happening? I think we were also talking about 
um, this aspect of social media, what we share on social media, we would rarely share face to face with someone. So if you're not going to say it to someone to their face and have a conversation about it, why would you say it and share it in social media? Because yeah, when you, why is it okay? And why is that okay? Yeah. 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 That, that was a big one that we're sort of unpacking and that it really bothers. Yeah. It really bothers me because it's so true. I look at things and I'm like, and you know, and even, even when we ask that question, I feel like a lot of people, the answer is like, oh yeah, I would totally say that to someone's face. And I, I'm like, really? I I don't believe that we have that. The other thing I said to you was imagine, imagine if what we say on social media in the comment session sections of posts Mm -hmm. and whatnot, if we were all out there treating each other that way. Yeah. Like I don't see how this world would be able to, we'd be in civil war. Like as a humanity, (laughs) so much more escalated because it would, well, it would be much more confrontational. And then at the same time to wind this back to forgiveness and like Mm self-love and self-compassion when We've all said stuff that we've regretted in the heat of the moment. We've yeah. all done that. Really? So, no. no. Never really? I've like, oh, totally. That's my husband. <laughs> Never. <laughs> How are we all know people who like, or, or the converse of that is like, there's stuff that we wish we had said in the moment. Oh yeah. There's a lot of that. There's definitely. I'm really good at thinking like, through scenarios after the fact and being like, oh, that would have been so. Yeah, me too. So good. It's like, I, I always find it easier to, um, put my stuff down into writing after the fact I can yeah. always express myself articulate articulate myself more clearly in the writing afterwards but in the moment it's it's not always easy but I, I digress again so if we wind this back to the compassion and the self-love and forgiveness piece even in those moments where you've either said something you've regretted or you haven't said something and you've regretted it or you'd wished you'd said something that's the perfect opportunity for you to apply an aspect of forgiveness and self-compassion. Mm-hmm. It's like, I didn't have the words at the time and that's okay because I was in this situation. And now you can either ask for an opportunity or create an opportunity to share that again mm-hmm. or to share those words that you wish you'd said, or you can just move past it. So to wind back to your first question, how do I move past it and not get mm-hmm. stuck in that field of self of deprecation. I think it's a practice again. You can let mm-hmm. it weigh you down. And how many boat anchors are you going to tie to your feet <laughs> and tie to your emotions before you weigh down? And, or you can choose to move beyond it. And that, you know, if you're looking through the lens of therapy and counseling, it's usually the emotion that is, um, triggered by the event that still lives on in you that is causing the discomfort in the first place so then go back unpack the emotion through a multitude of means there's many many Mm -hmm. many different types of therapies and talk therapy is only one Mm -hmm. you know there's movement there's music there's you know you need a multitude of ways to defuse the emotion from a situation in order to find the depth and deepen your self-love and compassion. Yeah. Yeah. So I think one of the ways, especially when we're talking about self-compassion for myself, 
it's it's coming back to like the simplest thing is asking what you need in the moment. Yeah. Right. Like, what do I need in this moment to help support me? And, and then allowing yourself that gift of whatever that answer is. There's, oh yeah, there's so many, I mean, sure. There's so many real life examples, you know, I can feel some of the objections already Mm. from that. I might hear from people like what share them like a woman trying to leave an emotionally abusive partner or Mm. someone trying to leave an emotionally abusive partner where they go back multiple times Mm -hmm. and it's a number of factors. And they're like, what do they need at that time? Maybe there's no space for self-compassion in that moment, Mm -hmm. but there will be a space for that later. Mm -hmm. And maybe you find, you know, you can call it an earth angel, whoever you want. You might find like a social worker or a healthcare worker or someone in your community or a trusted friend who is that haven for you, who is that person for you, who you can say to them, or they may, they might say to you, what do you need in this moment? If you can't ask it of yourself. So that might be an objection in that moment. Mm-hmm. But if it's after the fact, like if you've, if you're kicking yourself mentally, yeah, for not having that's... taken an act particular course of action, then that's the what do you mean? What do I need right now to feel better about myself? Or what do I need right now to move forward? Maybe you need support. Maybe you need, like in some form or another. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What's your take on that? Well, I mean, I think you're right. Like, there's again, it's it's tricky to apply one statement or one. Yeah concept with a brush, depending on, you know, varying levels of scenarios. So, you know, I think, yes, there's, there's lots of levels there. I don't really have anything else to add. And like, just this funny phrase comes to mind. Um, What do you do when you're going through hell? You don't stop, you keep going. (laughs) Yeah, right. And that is it is that drive forward. Yeah. And thinking just, you know, what, yeah, how would you treat others? And how can you give yourself a little bit of that? Yes, this came up with a client a couple of weeks ago, where they were questioning, they were asking themselves a question about why they hadn't taken a particular course of action. And I said, Well, how does, how do you feel about that now? And they they said, well, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm being hard on myself. Hmm. And I said, so what would, if a friend came to you, one of your best friends or a love family member came to you and expressed this same situation, what would you say to them? And sometimes we have to take ourselves outside of the problem mm-hmm. in order to do that, in order to be able to see the self-compassion that's needed for yourself. Right. Not for the friend. Yeah. Oh, so true. Yeah. I mean, we're so good at that kind of thing, right? Like I remember years ago, a coach saying to me, I think this was more around habit change and health and whatnot. And I was quite into yoga at the time. And, uh, and she used an analogy though with, um, friends, she's like, you know, if, if you had planned to say, go to a yoga class with your girlfriend and she was in your driveway waiting to pick you up to go to class and you really didn't want to go, would you just go out there and say to her, yeah, sorry, thanks. Actually, I don't want to go. 
I'm like, no, I'd probably get in the car and go because she's mm -hmm. there holding me accountable and all the things. And it's like, so why are you treating yourself any differently? Yeah. Right. It was like, oh yeah. Like why are, why? Are, so like, and it, this was more in a conversation around self-accountability, but it just feels yeah. like similar, right. Where it's like, right. Sometimes I have to step outside of myself and think like, I wouldn't let a friend down. Why am I going to let myself down? Mm-hmm. So. And there's so an interesting aspect of that story is in the same, you know, vein, another, there is always another option. Yes. And so another option would be go to class with your friend and just lay on the floor. Yeah. And just ask your body like, what? and you know, I've done that so many times. Kirk, Kirk and I used to practice Bikram yoga and we were quite into it, you know, like 10 years ago. And, mm -hmm. you know, we would go to class and occasionally I would do a 30 day challenge and do 30 classes in 30 days. And sometimes I would go to a class and I would spend most of the class just lying there because I'd hit a stage in my practice mm -hmm. where I was like, Hey body, okay, you're going to be really messed up if you keep doing this class. So just, just, just lay there. And that is another practice. It takes courage to do that because everyone around you is doing all the that's postures. That's hard to do in one of those classes. Yeah. And that's an aspect of, I would say act forgiveness as an act of self-love. Forgive yourself for not taking, pushing through. Yoga and, is a good, actually, oh. you're right. A good example of that. And because yeah. I've had many of those situations too, where you're in class and I'm like, oh, I'm just feeling really tired or I'm whatever. And it's such a, such an interesting battle of the mind. Yeah. Cause you know, even, even the instructor will say, you know, listen to your body. If you feel like you just need to get down into child's pose, do that. But you have all these people around mm -hmm. you, you know, stepping into some power pose and yep. it takes a lot to be like, no, I'm actually, yeah, I am just going to lie here. I've had that situation so many times and many times I have not listened to my body and have mm -hmm. gone into the position. And it's so interesting though, when I've found the courage to like, to not, and to just yep. lay there and like, oh. and notice what comes up too. Yeah. That's the other, like the other aspect I was going to say, like, even before I'd ever read any um, Louise Hay or you heard about mirror work, mm -hmm. you know, I'd practiced Bikram yoga for, I think it mm -hmm. was like six, seven years at the time. And that class is done with mirrors. And I would always, whenever I could, I was always take a front row, like be face to face with myself in the mirror. A, because it minimizes distraction, which yeah. is great. But B, because it's like, it's you, it's you in the class. And when you focus on yourself, it is the most powerful mirror work you could ever do. Mm -hmm. And it's that unspoken mirror work process that you're confronted with your body. It's really freaking hot and you're not wearing a lot. So you're seeing all of your body and in a way that can be very confronting for people. And at the same time, you see like sometimes how, how kick-ass you are in some postures and how, you know, how you're like, okay, I'm further down this posture than I was a week ago. So that that's when I think an act of self-love can turn into an act of celebration. Mm. Yeah. I like that. So I want to tie this back a little bit to our, our yeah, topic, February. our new February and just this concept that we've been talking about a little bit about fierce serenity and what it means to us. And mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. I hear both fierceness and serenity in this conversation today. I agree. In what we're talking about. And I think that's like, that's the cool kind of juxtaposition of this phrase that we 
have taken to <laughs> that chose us <laughs> or chose us. Yep. Yeah. You could say that. Um, so yeah. What, how does that tie for you together for you? So I think I, it shifts, I think a little bit day to day. So I'm kind of feeling fiery and feisty. So today I'm feeling pretty fierce. I'd have to say, and I, as the listener, you may have noticed it in so the way I've been speaking, um, the way that we've been talking about topics and, there's moments for this concept to be always in balance. So sometimes we need to protect our serenity with a fierceness that wouldn't necessarily lead to serenity. Mm. However, that fear, I'm not going to say protective, but that fierce boundary or that fierce, you need to be standing in the power of your serenity. Mm-hmm. without it being, you have to do it this way. Yes, which is back to that righteous. Righteous, yeah, a righteous in your rightness conversation mm-hmm. from a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, then the I... serenity piece is like when you have that fierce, when you have that fierce awareness in place, then the serenity is so much easier to welcome in. Mm-hmm. And I see it like, I really, I see the yin and the yang with yeah. it, right? Where it's just flowing between like it's interesting because yes you brought some fierceness but then when you were sharing that um that part about the course of miracles like mm-hmm. it was like serenity um came through so that being able to flow mm-hmm. in and out and there was something else you said it's escaped me now but um but i yeah this sort of this yin and this yang energy and just being able to move between being able to define it for yourself. Yeah. Um, but for me, it really does feel like that, that moving between, I feel like I am moving more into fierce energy right now too. Um, more action taking, uh, but with a softness, like you say, not about righteousness, not about my way or the highway, just that action taking and that place of power coming from our own place of personal power. Yeah. And I need to have serenity in order to be in that place of power. Ooh, yes. So then how this ties in, how does this tie into what we envision for pure serenity? I think really ultimately it's helping it. It's the bigger vision I have or what I see um, people leaving this program with is their own definition of what it looks like for them in there yeah. and how that plays out in their lives and to, so getting tools for that and also identifying where things might be out of balance or um, what alignment needs to happen. And then there's also a container where Jen and I can then facilitate helping you move the things that are blocking you from getting to that voice part, put that point, <laughs> but, <laughs> blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I really see like, And that's where for us, I think this idea, this concept, this term that landed so deeply for us Mm -hmm. was like, that's how I want to live my life. I want to live my life in fierce serenity for the rest of my days. Like, yeah, to me, that is just so really that's kind of, again, that's the bigger picture. Do we have all of the exact methods for how that's going to come out for everybody nope that's why we're beta testing yep. this 
This um, is a beta program. So Fierce Serenity is a beta program that runs uh, six weeks, starting the week of February 21st. It's $500. And if you are interested in being one of the 10, actually there's nine spaces now, um, one of the participants in Fierce Serenity, then we definitely want to welcome you. you. Yeah, we want to hear from you. Send so, us a message. We have yeah. um, sales pages going up soon, but we have the ability to secure spots before a sales page goes up. Who needs a sales page to sell the program? Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> this is you how excited? we operate. This is Fierce Serenity. <laughs> this is Fierce um, Serenity. We've already sold a spot and we don't have a sales page up. So there you go. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I feel like Jen and I just feel really good about it. The Like yeah. we feel really. The timing is, is right. People are here. If you're interested in no more, definitely reach out. Fierce Serenity can be yours day in, day out for the rest of your days. <laughs> How do we embody it? And everybody's going to embody it differently. I think that's the biggest piece as we move through is everybody. So this is not a course. This is not like, we're going to give you tools. We're going to support you, but this is ultimately allowing, I think each participant to show up authentically as who they are to peel back all the layers and to define this concept for themselves and to and then we support you in how you're going to embody that. But that is absolutely going to look different for each and every one of us. Yeah, exactly. Woo, I'm excited. Okay. On Woo. that note, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. So Fierce Serenity, um, again, begins first week of February. We are here. We're going to keep putting out these awesome podcast episodes. Like I said, the theme for this month is Fierce Serenity. Today, we explore that self-compassion and forgiveness topic through this lens. We hope you had some beautiful takeaways. We'd love to hear from you. And... Over and out next week. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for these conscious combos. If you're ready to dive deeper, head on over to wearejenandjane.com to continue the conversation. If you loved this episode, please take a moment to share it with your friends or your network and leave us a review by going to Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at wearejenandjane and let us know what you enjoy and what you would like to see more of. We'd love to hear from you.